For you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today the church calendar celebrates Ascension Sunday. It's the day we acknowledge the ascension of Jesus back to heaven. And this morning, we're going to look at some possible solutions I'm going to propose to us, or pose to us, for God's answer, God's solution to our hurting world. Our first lesson and our gospel lesson tell an ascension story. In Luke, Jesus departs into heaven after appearing to his disciples on the day of his resurrection. He gives them a blessing, and he is taken up into heaven, and the disciples go forth with great joy, praising and worshiping God. And in Acts, it is presumably 40 days later, when Jesus appears to them again, they ask if he has returned to restore the nation of Israel to its former political glory and power. I don't know about you, I think I'm probably, I'm sure I've said this before, but I find it quite intriguing to see how Jesus answers questions most of the time. And he doesn't disappoint me again by his response to the disciples' inquiry. The answer he gives them is not particularly clear, it's not particularly comforting either. Essentially, he says, it's not for you to know this right now. I don't know if you're like me, but I wanted the answer yesterday. I'll settle for it today, but please don't make me wait till tomorrow. Amen. And that's basically what uh, how God deals with me a lot of times, I think. Uh, it's one of those things, you know, when we talked about last week, love is patient, love is kind. Oops, I failed that one already, the first phrase. The kindness, most of the time, not all the time, I must confess, but the patience, rarely. That he does promise that the Holy Spirit will come to empower them so that they can be witnesses throughout the world. In Luke, the disciples are joyous and hopeful. In Acts, they're confused, clueless. They are literally left standing, staring into space. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when my experiences with God have left me similar to that of the disciples. I've been left feeling, kind of staring off into space, thinking, hmm, God, what does this mean? I've even said, God, where in the world are you? There have been times in my life where I have wondered, God, are you even there? Maybe you have as well. The disciples were left watching and waiting. They were told by Jesus to wait, that he would send the Holy Spirit to be with them, to help them. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? Watching, waiting for something, someone, some experience that you're hoping you'll recognize when it happens? I don't find that pleasant either. Watching and waiting, waiting and watching. There seems to be a good amount of that going on throughout the scriptures. Before John the Baptist, the people of God were watching and waiting, looking for the promised Messiah. The anointed one who would free them from their oppressors. Unfortunately, some of them watched and waited so intently that they missed it when the promised one showed up in the man named Jesus. And in today's scripture lesson, we have the disciples watching and waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit until the angels appear and kind of snap them back into reality. The 
then they go and do and wait in the upper room for the Holy Spirit's arrival. Next week's one of my favorite weeks of all the calendar year when we'll be talking about that day. As the disciples watched and waited, they weren't sure what to expect. But when the Spirit came, they were transformed. Their lives would never be the same. And the Holy Spirit has been present in the lives of those who believe ever since that first day of Pentecost. I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up with watching and waiting, the waiting and watching part for something to happen. We watch and wait for things to get better in our world, in our own personal lives. We watch and wait for fairness and equality to be realized for all people. We watch and wait for justice to prevail, for mercy and compassion to finally be the rule rather than the exception to the rule. Watching and waiting, waiting and watching, it's often what we do. Jesus told the disciples that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came and that they were to use that power to transform the world. And they did just that. As followers of Christ, we have the same commission to transform our world. We are to build and cultivate God's realm in the here and now. None of this watching and waiting, waiting and watching anymore. It is our responsibility, our commission from Christ to be the active agents for change. This commission of Christ aligns beautifully with the tagline of Metropolitan Community Churches worldwide. I'm not going to ask if you know what it is. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you because I'm afraid maybe we don't know what it is. It's right there on our PowerPoint, right underneath Metropolitan Community Churches, transforming ourselves as we transform the world. What a great tagline, I think, that absolutely describes Metropolitan Community Churches. That we are in the process of our own spiritual transformation. But as that transformation happens, we do not wait and watch. No, we participate in the transformation of the world. Amen? Amen. Jesus told the disciples and us that they, we, are to change the world. And he sent the Holy Spirit to help. Last Sunday I preached on love and challenged us to live lives of love. It's my hope that living in love will become part of our everyday lives, not just a challenge for a week that we soon forget about. Because the characteristics of love are the foundation of building and cultivating God's realm, as we're talking about today, in the here and now. We are not to watch and wait because all we have is already here. Rather, we are to be in our world, making a difference by loving our way through it all. We are to work while we have breath in our bodies to build and cultivate God's realm in the here and now. What are some ways we do that? I'm glad you asked, because I have some ideas in mind. First of all, love should be the catalyst to get us started in changing our world. And as I just alluded to, we mentioned the characteristics of love last week. Corinthians chapter 13, using it as our guide. What is one way we can create change in our world? We can find some directives, I believe, and ideas of how we can create change in our world by looking at the example of Jesus Christ. Something he was passionate about was putting an end to oppression. 
Can you imagine a world where equality is the norm? Can you imagine a world where there is no more prejudice? Jesus exposed oppression and called the oppressors out on the carpet. And he began with the religious oppressors. I like how he was the most difficult on the religious people, for the most part. Why is that? Maybe because sometimes we deserve it. I don't know. Part of the call of MCC is to work for justice and equality for all. We're known in Europe as the Human Rights Church. I love that idea. We are approaching the month of June, which is a greater opportunity for us to crack open that closet door and create conversations regarding issues of injustice and the need for equality and safety for groups who are disenfranchised in our world. Speaking to these issues may require we come out of our comfort zones, but it is the beginning to seeing an end to oppression, prejudice, hate crimes, discrimination of all kinds, whether it be race, gender, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, religion. There's a whole list that I don't have time to list right now where peoples in this world are still oppressed. Jesus calls us to be the healing balm to the world. <laughs> How can we have the boldness and the courage to speak? Because the promise of the Holy Spirit was given to us just as it was given to the disciples and all humanity. God's promises are for all without reservation or condition. We are to use the power of the Holy Spirit within us to speak to those things that grieve the heart of God, such as oppression, prejudice, hate crimes, discrimination of all kinds, which I've just mentioned. As we speak to those issues and so many more, the power of the Holy Spirit within us will help us change our world. An idealistic way of thinking, not so much if you think about it, Jesus filled the, the people, the twelve, with the Holy Spirit. They did some radical things. We have witnessed great strides, certainly, especially in regard to same-gender marriage. I'm proud to say that MCC has been the forefront of marriage equality since our denomination was founded in 1968. I have to say, last night we went to the Georgia Equality Gathering at Edgar's Grill. What a wonderful, you never quite know what you're getting into when you go to those things. And I don't know, how many were there? A hundred? You think? Sixty to a hundred? I would say hundred. Jan <laughs> would say sixty. Uh, I like to kind of embellish the numbers if at all possible. <laughs> anyway, there are a lot of people on that thing. I can tell you that for sure. And one thing I loved was a pastor came up to me, and once he knew I was from MCC, we were talking about the, the church equality and those things. He said, you know, he said, we have metropolitan community churches to thank for where we are today in the strides that we have I patted him on the back and I said, thank you. Thank you for recognizing that. 
and putting that into words. I so appreciate that. You and I are God's answer, empowered by the Holy Spirit to end oppression in our world. Those of you who may not identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender, this is your time as well to shine. As you speak openly about your convictions for equality and fairness for all people, the Holy Spirit will help you also to end oppression. Another way we are to build and cultivate God's realm in the world is by working to see that those who are in need are cared for. Listen to the scripture in James 1.27 that says, Religion that God accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now in our day, the widows and orphans would include not just that demographic of people, but any and all who are disenfranchised. With the Holy Spirit within us, we no longer watch and wait, but we are actively involved in seeing relief brought to the poor. We are to see that the sick are cared for. It is our responsibility as people of faith to see that any and all who are disenfranchised have their needs met. It seems to me that if the worldwide church, not just the MCC, but if the worldwide church took the directives of James chapter 1, verse 27 to heart, all would be cared for, and I might go as far as to say, we may not even need government assistance. Wow. Yeah. How many churches are just in Augusta? Lots. Hundreds. <laughs> How many are actively helping to see the poor and needy are cared for? I don't know that answer. But there's a lot of poor and needy that are not being cared for. Just a speculation. I'm proud to say that we are doing some of that already. That's what the groceries are for. All of those groceries will go to the DCCM, which is the, I don't know, I had it too. The Downtown Cooperative Church Ministries. Is it Ministries or Ministries? That's been one of those ministry blocks for me since living here in New York. I get that in my head. And I'm also proud to say that we have some regular folks who volunteer with the DCCM every Wednesday, and I believe I have the names correctly, and that's Ann, Randy, Leslie, right? Leslie? Yeah. Uh, and Leo, is that right? Anybody else I'm missing? Dee has. Dee has? Donna has. Kathleen. Kathleen has. Awesome. That is what James 127 encourages us to do, to make sure that those who are disenfranchised are cared for and looked after. Our church also financially supports the DCCM as well every year. You and I are God's answer, empowered by the Holy Spirit to see the disenfranchised are cared for. No more watching and waiting. The Holy Spirit is here and the Holy Spirit is with us and dwells within us to empower us to be God's answer for a hurting world. And the final thought I will share about how we can build and cultivate God's realm in the here and now is by bringing hope and wholeness to all God's children. With the Holy Spirit within us, we can be conduits of hope to our world. There are so many still who feel God doesn't love them 
or that they are flawed in some way, or that they cannot have a relationship with God. We are called to show them the way to God. We are called to show them that there is a place they can come and find healing. We are to encourage them that they can find God once again, and this time it can be more authentic. They can have a relationship with God and Christ like never before. We have found it, and the same is available to them. It still amazes me sometimes when we're at a gathering like we were last night, around all of these people, some of them uh, gay, straight, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, some of them heterosexual, and I'm introduced as the pastor of the MCC, so they're like, oh, and they know about us, and yet there are some that are like, oh, what's MCC? Amazing to me of the work we still have to do to give recognition that there is a place where all people are welcome, that all people can come and be celebrated, not tolerated. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> when Jesus ascended, the disciples stood dumbfounded as they watched and waited. But my friends, the watching and waiting the waiting and watching has come to an end. There is no longer a need to wait. We have everything we need found in the power of the Holy Spirit that is given to us to change our world. Our challenge this week is this. Each day as we stand in front of the mirror getting ready to start our day, I want us to look in that image in the mirror and say, I am God's answer. Let's rehearse. Ready? I am God's answer. Now let's say it with a little more enthusiasm. <laughs> I am God's answer. One more time. I am God's answer. No more watching and waiting. You and I are God's answer for the world. Amen? Amen. Let's God, in Jesus' name, I thank you that we are the answer and that you have called us to make a difference in our world. May we take that call seriously. May we look at ourselves in the mirror this week and remind ourselves, I am God's answer. And may we go and make a difference.